Hello everyone, and at long last, welcome back to the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. We're back, season three, episode two, mind you. Technically, yes. Yeah, episode one was Shaq Fit, which felt like ancient history. Oh my god, yes. And if you haven't listened to it, you're the only person who listens to this podcast who hasn't listened to that episode. We didn't actually deliver on parts two and three of that. But it doesn't matter. Still give it a yeah. listen. We might at some point yeah. deliver on a part two or three of that. But yeah. So first off, first things first, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah. We've been but, MIA. But we've been MIA. We've had a lot of life events going on. We're not going to be labor this point. Long story short, Rob now lives in Brooklyn. Yep. And I am moving to New Jersey. I thought we were going to get a first podcast from my apartment in Brooklyn but it didn't happen. Here I am back in Midtown. Yeah, it's Marathon Sunday in it is New York. Great Fall Day. Great Fall Day. We were supposed to go to Brooklyn. Nobody wanted to go. Yeah. So Rob came here instead. And we are, as usual, in my Midtown Manhattan apartment, bringing you the full 40. It's not noon yet, and we're definitely drinking whiskey. Yes. Because I was like, you know what? I could wait. It's early, but I said, nah. The season is back. Season starts on Tuesday. Season starts Tuesday. So my drinking needs to start now. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. So I think we just dive right in. And a few things that we have to touch on. Hoops Mania, not much of an event. Yep. There was a rapper I never heard of. I'm old. (laughs) And that's going to be a theme of this podcast. Yeah, dude, you're so old. We we old. No, I'm going to say you're older than I am because you're like, we've discussed this before. Yes, by nine months I'm older than you are. That is very true. But also you're like, oh, I don't listen to the whole like new music type thing, like stuck on my 2009 T-Pain like playlist. It's fine. (laughs) Whatever. I keep it real with the kids. So anyway, we won't go. By virtue of saying that, you were definitely also very old. (laughs) Anyway, that being said, leaning into our 30s here early on in Season 3. Who's um, Media, not much of an event, but we did have two games that were highly talked about uh, in, in preseason exhibition type situation versus USC out in Los Angeles, which I don't put a ton of stock into, and UNC uh, also we played... Uh, Double scrimmage versus them. <laughs> the double in, secret prohibition. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> in Chapel Hill. <laughs> yeah. And some takeaways from there. We'll touch on real quick before talking about the lineup and then yeah. some predictions for this year. Uh, first off, Justin Moore, get excited. Justin yeah. Moore, early prediction, is the Sadiq Bay of Ooh, this year's class. I like it. I like it. Yeah. He is the dude can shoot. The dude can shoot. He can play. He's tough-minded. Just has kind of like a like a gutsy kind of feel about the kid. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. And I think he's going to be a big program guy, just like Bay was coming into last year. Also, I will say this. The, you know I like to harp on this. He is also physically ready for the Big East. Oh, yeah. Dude is fit. Oh, yeah. Big time. He, and he I think, called up Sadiq before the season. Oh, was like, yeah. hey, man, like, what do I need and, to do? And that was a big like, differentiator with Sadiq versus the rest of his class. It actually that Sadiq was, Sadiq yeah. came in physically ready more than the other guys did and as to, and as such jay paid 
it off with more playing time, and Sadiq now is become a big player this year. And we have some issues with uh, the Big East media, but we'll get to that. We will a little bit later. Um, but yeah, Justin Moore, nine of twelve from three in the UNC scrimmage. Yeah, hello. He had like. I don't know, 7,000 points or something like that? <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. He got some of those bonus four-point shots, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah he played the big three down there. <laughs> um, and then we have JRE. Yeah. Was expected to be awesome coming in. I mean, that was a, a steal of a recruit. Yes. Like, basically took him out of Kansas's yeah. bread basket. He didn't want to play with... <laughs> he didn't want to play with the program that is going to get... Suspended by the NBA from the NCAA tournament. Oh, please. They're going to get suspended in, like, 20, like, 75. <laughs> Once the NCAA gets around to so it. So he came to play for Villanova, who does everything above board. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No bags were dropped in that situation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he is the real fucking deal. He was 10 of 15, 20 points against USC. Yeah. He knows how to work it. He's aggressive. He finishes easily. Like... He's able he's to take a, a jump shot to elite like, athlete, body ready, yeah. etc. And side note, just from our Shaq fit experience, we actually did know that Shaq actually told us straight up that Robinson Earl came in and was body ready when he got there because he had good training regimen at his at his high school beforehand, and he came in ready. Yeah. So knowing that little piece of information, we usually don't bring you inside information on the full forty, but. <laughs> That little snippet of information, I think, is critical to understanding why this kid is going to be so much of a crucial piece this year. I love how our inside information boils down to, like, you could literally just look at him and be like, oh, yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Any person who has eyes can actually see. That's the extent of That's what we got. That he's body ready. But we also know. Yeah. (laughs) Other than that, I don't place a lot of stock in these scrimmages. The, The only other one I'll say is... The guy we loved last year, we continue to love. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Um, yeah, didn't have a, a great shooting night um, against USC. Chipped in 16 points. But I will say this. Some of the shots, some of the threes he was taking, the trajectory on the ball looked way better than I thought what he was shooting last year. Last year, he made a lot of shots. Don't get me wrong. I thought they were a little line drivey, and I am the basketball expert, so I can opine on these, these kind of things. <laughs> And it's clearly improved. So I don't know what happened in the offseason. He definitely got bigger, that's for sure. He didn't need to. No. But he did. <laughs> yeah. And somehow he seems to be like, the ball release looks good, so... We're pumped about him. We're pumped about JRE. We're pumped about Justin Moore. I'm pumped about Jermaine Samuels. Jermaine Samuels did not shoot well against USC. But yes, we're still pumped about yeah. him. So... Look, why don't I put, place a lot of stock? I don't place a lot of stock in preseason scrimmages because you don't know what coaches are trying to experiment with, trying to screw around with, see what the kind of lineup is. Like Jay ran out a couple jumbo packages basically in the USC game. He was also just trying to screw around with the lineup. Gillespie didn't play. Gillespie's had a nose injury. Um, so so he's going to be wearing a mask. He's going to be starting the year like a little Joe Cremo situation. Yikes. <laughs> um, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but hopefully but, not like that. <laughs> but but so you you just don't know what you're gonna get from the scrimmages. It's clearly just an opportunity to experiment. Yeah. And 
the entire year is an opportunity to experiment. And every game, Jay figures out something new and they make tweaks, etc. throughout the year. So anything that's not actually like an official game that you need to win to make the tournament, I don't place a whole lot of stock in. For sure. And Jay certainly doesn't. No, no, definitely not. Um, so what do we got? I think going into this year, we have a lot of odd, weird situations that are coming together to formulate an interesting year in the program history. And why I say that is because, first off, last year ended in unceremoniously by getting demolished by Purdue. But yeah. I would say that last year's team, based on where we were midway through the conference season, probably actually overperformed. When you actually get down to it, I don't think they actually ended up underperforming. I think winning the Big East tournament, making it around into the into the NCAA tournament, I think that was about as much as you could ask for in retrospect yeah. now that we've had the benefit of time. Yep. And you're losing your two best scorers off that team. And you have a situation where until very late in the season, you didn't see massive development in anyone else other than, other than Bay – and then obviously Booth and Pascal. Yeah. And this year you're coming in and you've got Bay coming back. Samuels came in late last year, looks to be a big X factor for this team this year. Had a great offseason with USA Basketball along with Gillespie playing USA Basketball. So you have a lot of those things coming together, which is good. But we have zero seniors yep. this year. We, which is not a situation that we've seen uh, since 2007-2008's team, which we'll get back to. That's something we're going to liken this team to. Um, and then you have a big freshman class coming in who you have a lot of expectations with, and the highest-ranked member of that class is injured. Yeah. And I think let's stop there for a moment and talk a little bit about Brian Antoine and what to expect. And I'm just going to come flying out the gate with a super hot take is that I expect very little about from Brian Antoine at least the first half of this year. Obviously, he's not going to play for yeah. a significant portion, but but I actually will go so far as to say is I expect little to nothing out of Brian Antoine this entire year. So I'm actually coming in with the perspective of anything that we get out of Antoine, which I know he's clearly capable of, very talented kid. I am of the expectation that we're getting nothing from him this year. Zero. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And there was even, I think Jay alluded to it a little bit during media day. And I think he even made a reference to, oh, maybe he red shirts. My favorite was Brian Antoine immediately on the Insta was like, I'm not red shirting. Like, yeah, yeah. like, Let me just happening. kill all <laughs> conversation about this. I'm not red shirting. Which, to be clear, there are probably a number of reasons why he would he would go so far as to say that. One, he is a top talent, like you talked about, where there was talk of him being a one-and-done. Could still be the case. Regardless, ideally, he's here max two years. So there's no world in which he yeah. would even consider red shirt, I don't right? think Jay – I think Jay might have been taken a little bit out of context. I think Jay was talking medical. Yeah. I don't think Jay was talking anything about yeah, yeah. not being ready to perform. No, no, no. no. Absolutely not. Absolutely right. not. But, but I think I, – I don't think you're wrong. Like, I, I think your take is interesting because, as we've talked about and as we've seen, right, if you don't have, like, a clean bone break, you don't know how long some of this stiff this stuff is going to take. 
the recovery time, the recuperation. Oh, maybe there's something that's a little bit nagging that, I don't know, maybe that drags on into February. Then you're quickly into March. Like, you got to get them reintegrated into the team. You don't know where the team dynamics are at that point. So all of that makes sense to go so far as to say, yeah, you know, we obviously want him on the court because he is going to be a net benefit, but we just don't know where he's going to be health-wise. We, uh, hope, I, he, we hope he's there earlier. Yeah, I completely agree. We know bone breaks. Broken hand, four to six weeks. <laughs> Nose fracture, mask. Yeah. Like, we know these things. We're doctors. <laughs> We're basketball experts and doctors yes. and accountants we have, we have lots of jobs. Yeah, we're just really yeah. very multifaceted people. We're, we're very smart. We're renaissance smart. men yeah, here yeah. at the Full 40. <laughs> um, but the the thing that we have seen routinely in the past is that anything joint, muscular, whatever related is always an interesting situation. Yeah. And why I say that is look at recent past. Tim Delaney, not that we expected a lot about Tim Delaney sure. ever, but his hips, his hip situation, like basically killed his career at Villanova. His hips lied. His, his hips, hips lied. That's horrible. His hips lied. That's so bad. That's so bad. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> um, Phil Booth lost an entire year of basketball yeah. due to a medical red shirt because because he had that knee issue. Yeah. And everyone kept saying, it was Phil Booth come back, Phil Booth come back, Phil Booth come back. Sure. He never freaking came back. Now, yeah. I know there's been scenes, there's been videos taken of Antoine shooting the ball. Clearly, he's capable of doing that, etc. I expect Antoine to come back this year. I'm not that pessimistic. But expectation-wise, when he comes back, etc., does Jay already have a lineup? Like We, we know Jay out? tends to go with this, hey... I've got something that's working, and I don't necessarily want to change it. So right. would he get to February and say, yeah, I'm going to reinsert somebody in? Like, he doesn't really have the track record necessarily of doing that. Yeah, and Gillespie is, look, one of the foremost – I wouldn't have expected this years ago, but Gillespie has become one of the foremost players and leaders in the Big East. Though I will, I'll cut you off there. I think the one – the one reason where Jay may deviate and really make a point to get him back inserted is the fact that our ball handlers are Colin and Justin Moore. And yeah. that's it. And that's it. Everybody else is more or less a small forward or bigger. Yes. And Antoine has the ability to play more of that two role. So there is very much a need for that skill set. Completely agree. So I do think Antoine works his way into the rotation. But I'm just not expecting I am not going into this season with expectations for Brian Antoine. That's fair. So does that – should we spend a few minutes now talking about the lineup? What does that lineup look like? Yeah, I think we do dive into that. The other thing I just wanted to point out is – and we'll get into a little bit of predictions later. But the Big East is also supposed to have an uptick in the year this year. So, like, by the time we get to – January, February, we have a lot of good teams. So this could be an interesting year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk lineup. So we just talked about Brian Antoine. So obviously, we're not going to see him for the next few months, 
realistic. Yeah, what is the what is the actual time? Do we? I think the timeline was he's supposed to be able to play come mid December, but yeah, there's all that working out and getting into basketball shape that you don't know how ready he is to come back full force in the lineup. I'd be shocked if we see him in 2019. Shocked to any real extent. Period. Period. Do, you, don't, you don't even expect him to see a game of playing no. time in the year 2019. Correct. Yes. Okay. I think 2020 at the earliest. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's here's what I'm thinking. I'll talk about here's what my starting lineup is until Brian Antoine comes back, assuming he comes back, right? My starting lineup is probably I think there's a few givens. Well, you go you know, with the most experienced guys broadly speaking right away. You know, I, I think broadly, with a couple exceptions, we know Jay loves to lean on experience, seniority. As we mentioned, there are no seniors this year. But I think the guys who are a lock just have to be are, one, Colin. Colin's Colin sure. starting. Colin starting. Anyone who's listening to this podcast who doesn't like the fact that we're saying that Colin's starting, like, pay attention to this program. Well, because if, if you're saying that, you just don't have a clue. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Like, pay attention to the program. We're predicting what Jay's going to do, not what he should do or whatever. Either way, I think he should start, Carlin. Yeah, of course. Right. But, but we, we but, have one point guard. But Besides. we've seen Jay for 15 plus years. He's going to start Colin. Yeah, he's going to start. Okay, so Colin's a given. Yeah. Second given, Javon Quinterly. Has to be. <laughs> Has to be. <laughs> like, yeah. we need JQ. another ball handler. He could really use a ball handler this year. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Why did that have to happen? Yeah. Um, anyway, another given, Jermaine Samuels. Jermaine, Jermaine Samuels. Jermaine Samuels definitely starting. No Has questions asked, period, end of story. Yes. Sadiq Bey. Hey, Sadiq Bey. Hey, Bey, Bey. starting. For sure. For so sure. those are the three. You can write them in stone. I don't know how you write in stone. You can chisel them in stone, whatever it is. <laughs> Put money on it. Take a Sharpie marker, get a rock, (laughs) and write it down. Perfect. That those three are starting. Yes, absolutely. Barring a health issue, those three are starting day one and will be starting for the foreseeable future. Period. End of story. Don't want to hear anything else about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Next one for me, JRE. I think JRE has to start. Yeah. JRE takes the starting spot from DCR. Yeah. He is... Just he's better. He is better. The talent level is higher. He brings more to the game. He has an outside shot. He can finish inside. He can rebound, which DCR does a great job of. But he brings that added element of being able to step back, shoot it up, and frankly, like from what we've seen, obviously our sample size is n of one. He's like that IQ on the court, very high. So yes, I think Jerry gets that starting five spot at this point i would say that he does and i think the fact that antoine is hurt he had issues jay wants to manage i i this factors in jay doesn't say it factors in i don't see how it doesn't factor in jay needs to recruit he needs to put guys on the floor to do it he famously played spellman and brunson quite a bit in their first year available Like, Jay is not afraid to start freshmen. He prefers not to. But if he's got a freshman that's better than everyone else, he's starting them. Yeah. And I think Robinson Earl fits, checks all those boxes, kind of like a Brunson-esque character. I kind of think so. He's willing to do the work. He's willing to do the work. He's putting the work. Shaq speaks highly of him. He's cerebral. And and my impression is that if Shaq speaks highly of somebody – uh, no, I swear to God, this is true. I think if Shaq speaks highly of someone's effort in the gym, yeah. I think Jay takes that into account into his playing time. I would imagine. 
Yeah. yeah. So so Jerry takes that starting. So I'm in for Jerry starting. And the last one, I think it has to. It has to go to Justin. You Moore. think it defaults to Moore? Yeah. I it, it it's really hard. I mean, what are the options? Right, like just weighing out what the options are day one because Antoine's not available. Right, right. So, so, yeah. so the options are like Slater, DCR. No, like you need another ball handler. I would think so. Yeah, because Samuels is not a ball handler. Well, we are we are forward university. I mean, we are known for developing our big men. So maybe big, Jay's just going to Villanova go is very commonly known as Big U. <laughs> big U. Big U. Um, quick, quick rebrand. rebrand. <laughs> Villanova center you. Um, it's amazing, by the way. Quick side note: we went from like we we're like point guard you for a little bit to like wing, wing you, you, and now we're just gonna we're big you, big you. Yeah. Um, and I will say this: Jay pioneered the, um, you know, he really pioneered the uh, the three point shooting and going small ball. We're shifting it back. Everybody's moved to small ball. We're go. We're going big. Yeah. Big is in, man. Yeah. <laughs> embrace embrace Jay, the big Jay's man. just, look, Jay's just finding arbitrage. Yeah. That's, that's what he's doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, but yeah, ju- it's just a more. I think it has to be more. Yeah. I just don't see how it's anyone but more. Yeah. Because there's just not that many people available. I, you know, I wish we could It's have not going to be Dixon. I've heard nothing about Dixon to start of the season. I think no, Dixon's going to no. be a great program kid. I think he's going to be very successful. Oh, I think he's going to be very good. He's going to be don't very successful. He's going to get playing time, etc. But I just don't think Dixon is going to get a starter's role. DCR is the one. But, again, you mentioned the ball handling. and I just think Jay is too reliant on the ball. Not too reliant. I think he's appropriately reliant on ball handling. Uh, I mean, look. You, and you tri- have nobody other than Colin who has a broken nose. I think you need another guard. The traditional basketball lineup you typically have, like, two guards. <laughs> like, we need a second guard. So, yes. It, this is one of the ones, like, I wish Caleb Daniels would have gotten, like, a, a transfer waiver. It would have been awesome to have him available. But, yeah. alas, didn't happen. As, or, as, as Javon Quinterly knows, he, you, you don't just get... You don't just get the transfer waivers. Yeah, that's right. God damn. It would have been great. You know, this would have been the year... Hey, Javon, like, could have slotted you in. But anyway, yeah. we won't beat that dead horse. Uh, this is in Santa Anita. So so that's our starting lineup, and I think that that's... I think that's uh, it. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's controversial. No. And it will be interesting going back to our Brian Antoine conversation is, I think when, depending on when he comes back, maybe he slots into that, that two slot. So maybe, maybe more takes a seat at that point. I'm not sure. You know what? I think if Antoine's going to become anything, I think he's going to be almost become a microwave off the bench. Mm. In that, in that, Jay can plug him in. Yeah. So the 2009 Final Four team. No, no, forget that. 20, 2018. Yeah, no, I know. But yeah. I, I was going to, I was going right? to give like, a, a yeah. handful of ex- yeah. yeah. Steven Chenjo is obviously the most recent thing. In the 09 Final Four team, you had a great stud guard who came in. Who was in his sophomore year in Corey Fisher? Yeah, and I think Fish came in as a microwave off the bench and was pretty much the sixth starter on that team. And Jay has showed that he likes the sixth starter role. Yeah, and basically, true. the sixth man, depending on how the game's progressing, gets more or true. the same amount of minutes as any starter. Totally true. And, and that's a good point. And that's something I guess we should keep have everybody keep in mind. Is yes, that's the starting five, but. Jay doesn't necessarily operate. And by the way, if he's going to be a one done, he can still be, we've seen in recent past in college basketball, sixth men who are really freaking good go lottery picks in the draft from Kentucky and Duke. So, like, 
there is precedent for this. Like, it's not like Jay's. If if let's look at this way, the best case scenario is that Antoine forces Jay's hand, and he has no choice but to start him. Yeah, I, I hope that's the issue. Right. If that's the case, we're having a good season for sure. Absolutely. So that's our starting lineup. Then you've got off the bench. Let's touch on it real quickly. You've got Swider. You've got DCR. You've got Swider could start. No, I don't. I don't think he's there. Defensively, I don't think he's there. Swider's the guy who could start. If there's going to be another player who could start, it could be Swider. But I think I. But I think it's going to be more. I think it's going to be more. I think Swider and DCR are the first two off the bench. I think that's right. And then I think you go from there. Yeah. Then you've got the rest of the guys, Slater and Dixon. I don't think you're going to see them all that much. I want to see him more. Slater, by the way, attitude. That dude's attitude is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. He just wants to be around. He, he loves wants playing to be around. Game. He yeah. loves playing games. Yeah. Like it's. I, I want him to be successful. But before long, know. Slater's going to make a big impact on this program. Yeah. It's just a matter of when he hits that moment where he goes from one level to the next level. I think that's right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So that's that's the thoughts on the lineup for now. Um, what do you want to do? You want to take a small break and then hear from Nova Insider and then come back and talk predictions for the season? Let's do it. All right. Back in a minute. Hello, everyone. It's Chris from The Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. Nova Insider is the best place to go for all things related to Villanova basketball news. Check them out on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm telling you, it's the best place to go if you're looking for inside Nova info. Also, don't forget to check out their website, Nova Insider 1985-1985.com for some seriously awesome gear. Stay with these guys. They got some really exciting stuff coming out. Again, this is the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. And now let's get back to the show. All right, everyone, we're back. Full 40, Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. Second half of the podcast. And I am starting right out the gate with a hot take for this season. And that hot take is very simple. If you are expecting any sort of massive big success, like massive run-the-table, champion, Final Four, this, that, and the other thing. Even if you're expecting an Elite Eight or, like, whatever, like, stop those expectations right now. It's not going to happen. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I'm not wrong, okay? You might be sitting there and saying, oh, Ken Palm's got us top 15. We're in top 10 preseason ranks. Those are all bullshit. And I'm calling massive bullshit specifically on the ranking. Ken Palm is math. Okay, yep, so yep, like fair. to a certain extent, math is math and you're not going to contest math. Okay? <laughs> He's not putting any of his opinions on that. Yeah. Rankings are opinions. Yeah. And the rankings are wrong. Yeah. We're getting, as we've talked about kind of previously, last year was really the first year where we got it. We're getting program ranked. Program ranked. And what do we mean by program ranked? The pundits say, okay, I've got these pl- these teams who are really obviously really good on paper, and then I need to fill out the rest of my top 25, and they get to Villanova, or they get to a, an open spot, and they're like, well, who am I going to put here? Oh, I forgot about Villanova, and there's a guy named Jay Wright coaching Villanova who's got two championships in the last four years. and I'm He knows say, how to get shit done. Yeah. He, yeah, he's good, so looks like I'm putting – Villanova in my top 10. And I mean, look, also, we don't want to discount it. 
they look at it, they say that, and they also say, oh, yeah, they've got, like, a bunch of hot recruits coming in. Like, they'll be able to put it together. Makes total sense. Right. It makes a lot of sense. That being said, our experience, and my experience in particular, watching Villanova as a team with Jay Wright as the coach, this is the exact type of year where we would absolutely, totally miss on expectations. It's going to be a an up and down year. Yeah. So So let me just start. Last year... We came in, we were super high up. We were like mentally like, oh, we're going to play Michigan again or whatever. And then we got course corrected very early on the season. I am not even letting it get to that. Yeah. I'm not even letting it get to that. Course correction right this moment. Everyone listening to this podcast, reset your expectations immediately. As far as I'm concerned, I am going to be satisfied when we make the NCAA tournament this year. Wow. That's pretty hot. So, so you're satisfied we make the tournament, we lose game one. Sitting here today? Yeah. That's pretty hot. That's that's a different that is a different level of expectations for this fan base. I have I am hopeful. But look, let's let me be here. I've seen over fifteen years of this program be very good. Yeah. Great, great. under Dre Wright. This has been the golden age of Villanova <laughs> Dre, basketball. Dre Wright. <laughs> Jay Wright, a couple whiskeys deep. Um, Jay Wright, I have seen that for many years. I am obviously very high on Jay Wright. I think that we should just give him a lifetime contract right now, and I have will have no qualms with the university for doing so. I don't care how they perform. Give Jay Wright. He's the perfect man for the program. Right. I am full believer. I believe in all these players. I love Jermaine. I love Colin. I love Sadiq Bay. I think very highly already of of Robinson Earl and Moore. So I already like our whole starting lineup. Yeah. And all that's true. But I look back to, I think that we are spoiled. And I think especially the younger fans, I'm just going to come out and say it. It's going to be like an old. Yeah, you sound old. Old, crabby dude. You sound so old. We're spoiled. We're spoiled right now. And I think last year proved it. And I think we even fell victim to it. Of being spoiled by recent success and i think that this is a perfect year for us to totally have to reset expectations and i'm doing it before the season before the tip off of the season i am resetting everyone's expectations you've all been put on notice okay so i've got i've got two follow-up questions for you first follow-up question when does the fan base freak out yeah that's a good prediction question like <laughs> like when is the first uh, ohio the state ohio state like not even two, two. not Game even two. not even two weeks from this podcast. Yeah. Game two, we're gonna get fucking blown out by Ohio State in Ohio State, and everyone's gonna be like, "What the hell?" And like, no, idiot. We have a young team that literally has nobody returning who scored more than like fifteen points last year yeah. per game. Like, of course we are not gonna be as good. What do you expect? Every year that we've won the championship, we're returning like every, the entire team yeah. and whatever. And and yeah, of course we're going to be good when we have top level talent with great time by Jay coaching these guys up, etc. Yeah. I don't know why everyone all of a sudden thinks that like we're going to all of a sudden turn everyone into gold stars overnight. That's not how Jay Wright works. It, it, you're, I think the point you just made is the key one for me is that so much of our success was uh, – you know, of the past five, six years was really predicated on Jay being able to bring back a lot of the same guys because he wasn't turning guys into NBA stars right away, right? Yeah. 
you were there for three and four years, so he had that level of consistency, which allowed him to then say, I know what we're coming in with, that's great. He's now dealing with a new reality where he has elevated his players' level so that they're leaving early, they're getting the NBA looks, which at the end of the day, that's what they should be doing. That's awesome. But it is a new experience for Jay. Last year was kind of the first year dealing with that. This is the second year dealing with it. And frankly, it's a new coaching experience for Jay Wright. Yeah. Listen, result, there's only one other year, other than very early on, before he really got the program rolling. This is the one year. There's only one year that like compares to this year. And I brought it up earlier, and I'm going to actually explain why right now. 07-08, that team, we made the Sweet 16 that year, but that was a roller coaster of a season. Mm. Ended on a high note, and the following teams made the Final Four. But that year we had no seniors. This year we have no seniors. Yeah. Okay? You had a junior class who appeared ready to take the mantle, but maybe not all the way yet. You had a hot freshman recruiting class coming in, so and then you sprinkled yeah. in some really solid sophomores. Yeah. Right? So Scott that Reynolds. year, yeah. So that year, you had, you had Dante Cunningham and Shane Clark were the two that you were most counting on to come back in the in that leadership role. Sure. I mean, you had Scotty Reynolds, obviously, as the star guard as a freshman who came in as a, who was coming in as a sophomore, who you had high expectations for. You had Dwayne Anderson and Frank Tweezy, who were actually considered actually similar. At that point in time, Dwayne Anderson later turned into a great player and very critical. And it was really Anderson's recalibration and embracing of the program that turned that team into a Sweet 16 team at the end of the year. And then you had freshmen who had to really come along and took a while to come along to get to the level that Jay wanted them to be. And so you had that year where you had lack of experience, a tough Big East, and a lot of a situation where, hey, look, yeah, we just came off a couple really good years of Villanova basketball, but now we kind of hit the reset button, and what, what, who are we, and yeah. what are we going to be? And I think we're in that year right now. We're, we're not in a year where we can lean on guards, lean on wings, etc. to, like, whatever. You mentioned it before. The lineup is totally overturned, like, we don't have anybody who is coming back who is who was other than Gillespie really who is a reliable point scorer. Yeah. And so you're coming in to a year in which you have a ton of unknowns. Now, we have a ton of talent on the team. We have an absolutely overwhelming amount of talent on the team, yeah. which is why we are we are. We have a great coach, we have a great program, we have all the all of the bells and whistles that you could possibly ask for. So do I think we make the tournament? Yes. But are we a top 10 team? No. No. No, 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 we're not. Yeah. No, I, uh, I And And the, the question that people always ask after that, like, okay, well, who's above us? And I, a lot of teams. I think Seton Hall's above us. I think, I think Xavier can be above us. A lot of the Big East is actually returning a lot of their talent uh, from – previous years even a team like georgetown i don't think georgetown's above us i don't but georgetown beat us last year pretty handily in their place and they have a handful of guys who played a ton of minutes last year who are now coming back who are a little bit known entities yeah so what you have is even in our own conference you have a lot of teams who are saying yeah villanova they're good they got jay wright 
I got the names on the front of the jersey. They got dope-ass new uniforms. Oh, yes. Yeah. We need to spend a minute on that. But let's come back to that. Yeah. For sure. They got all these things, but they're very beatable. I, and I think that that's my takeaway is that we're going to go through this season and we're going to, probably not dissimilar to last year, we're going to pick up some losses through the Big East Conference schedule that we're just like, in theory, we're a better team than them. But yeah, they've got a lot of players who have played together for a few years and kind of know how to approach us and know what the Big East is about, and they knock us off. Yeah. And we'll pick up a few. We're not going to do a full Big East preview today, but yes, I absolutely agree with you. And we're young. We're young. So so you could get highs and lows. Yeah. You could get highs and lows. Like, we'll probably have a really good win. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably come at home. And it'll probably be super exciting. Yeah. Like, we're playing Kansas at home. Kansas is a top 10 team right now. Right? <sighs> Don't know if that one's gonna happen. I don't know if yeah. that one's gonna happen. But if you're gonna pick a game, like you're gonna pick a game versus a high end team, yeah. Like you know that freshmen, sophomores are like a high degree of fluctuation in terms of where they where they perform and how they get up for games, etc. Versus seniors who take a more um, standard approach to everything right. and the same way they prepare for every game is how they do. Um, I mean, the good thing about the Kansas game is that they schedule it while the students are around, so that's a plus. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, they didn't. Oh, no, they, they didn't, which, of course, yes. very Villanova thing to do. Yeah. And by the way, don't, I don't want you to construe this as, as me being pessimistic. I'm not being pessimistic. I think I'm being appropriately realistic about yeah. this team's opportunity. I am very happy with the lineup that Jay's created. I think very highly of this team. I just think that thinking highly of this team means two different things to do different people. Absolutely. And if you're paying attention just to rankings and what experts are telling you, like – Take a minute, take a step back, and say, this team is not necessarily what you'd expect out of a Villanova team. And the record has to basically bear that out. Totally. Cool. So I think that was, that was awesome in terms of the expectations. Definitely a hot take. I think it's good notice for everybody to think about. Um, should, we do, should we think about, I don't know, any other big, what are some of the big questions you have in your mind for the season? I mean, Antoine's already been one that yep. comes up. I think look, I think Sam, I think this team is Jermaine Samuels. Mm. I think the entire team is Jermaine Samuels. Interesting. How so? I think Jermaine Samuels has the potential this year to be like an all caliber, all big east caliber player. And it like top of the big east caliber player. And I think he could surprise. Or we could see a situation in which Jermaine Samuels has been the Jermaine Samuels is old, where you get a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. And when he's when he's good, he's real freaking good. Yeah. But when he's bad, he doesn't exist. That, and that, that's interesting. And, yeah. And and I think when Jermaine is really really good, he's making plays on both ends of the floor. Yeah. He's scoring points in buckets. He can shoot. He could dunk it like anybody else. He's played every position two to five already in the program. So I think he's already got a lot of good experience. So I think if Jermaine turns into a first-team Big Ace caliber player, yeah. then my expectations immediately jump. Yeah, that's an interesting barometer for the team. Is Maybe maybe for our fan base, think about that. If you look at Jermaine, like, almost like as Jermaine goes, like is an indication of how the team is going. Yeah, because I believe that Colin will be very consistent. Yeah. I actually believe that even though they're freshmen, by and large, Earl and... More will be fairly. This came. This come across as being a consistent-minded guy. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Like um, the variability for those those guys you just mentioned is relatively low. Yeah. I think. 
And then Samuels is like, if he's performing at that high end, that's probably means good things are happening for the team. Samuels can, in two different games, be the seventh or eighth best player on the team or the best player in the team. Yeah. That's how high his like variability is. Yeah. And so and so I think that that is as he goes, the team goes. Yeah. I love that. And I, I think, you know, my one my one big question I have, which I think relates a lot to the point you just made around Samuels, is how we're going to be able to operate with really just one primary ball handler this year. Yeah, that's think, the other point. I, I think we're going to it's going to be a huge challenge for us if there are any games where Colin gets in foul trouble or Colin's a little bit off, like that responsibility has to shift to I guess at this point it's Justin Moore. Right. And like that's it cuz to be real, I don't think Chris Archidiacono is going to see the floor. Yeah. Like period. Right. Like I, I love the Archidiacono lineage, but it's just not his skill set, his skill level is not it's not Big East caliber, right? At least not now. Look, I've been wrong before, been wrong many times, but as I sit here today, that's not who I want running the point, right? So it falls to Justin Moore, and then it's a question of, okay, can he facilitate enough to get it done? So that's the big question mark in my mind is, do we have enough there to facilitate, to penetrate and break down defenses, or are we just going to be passing the ball around the perimeter, in which case, if we have an off-night shooting, like we did against USC, we're just going to lose. Yeah, period. Like period. That's it. Right. So that, that's one of the big questions. I know, are we going to be this team that's drilling it from deep? I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, lineup-wise, you'd expect the team to absolutely dem- demolish teams inside. Yeah, but that's probably not where we're going to run. But it's not how we're going to probably play. Yeah. And I think, sorry, just one other point. I think that Jay has to I think one of my question marks is I I just don't know how comfortable Jay is going to be with this lineup of players. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, we do not have a track record of producing top-tier big men. Correct. Spellman, yeah, worked out. He's an NBA chef, short stint in the NBA, did develop a lot while he was here, but yeah, we're not that's not what we're known for. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about predictions for... Let's just do out-of-conference predictions. Yeah, so so we have 11 games that come up all consecutively non-conference. Right. And then we have two games, UConn and Temple. Yeah. I think we can leave UConn and Temple out let's because those are now. coming in January. Yeah. And, it's going to be a different team. February, a different team yeah. than what we're looking at right now. Yeah. So we start off with we're playing the United States Army. Yes. We're not doing... Just to be clear, we're not doing an Army preview. We're not doing an Army preview... We should win. We should win. Yeah. Okay. We're not getting in depth on Army. Yeah. Then we have Ohio State. We have another podcast where we'll preview. Where we'll we'll post game Army. Yeah. Give you some reactions, and then we'll preview Ohio State. But broad expectations. You have Ohio State ranked. You have Kansas ranked, and then you have the tournament in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Uh, where we could play Baylor. Who is also ranked? Yeah, who is also ranked? Sixteen, I think. I yeah, 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 yeah. And so you have at least you're probably looking at three games at a conference versus ranked teams. Yeah. Before we get into the season and in, in the biggest regular season in late December, I think yeah. we start. So, what to make of all of that? Yeah. I think we're going to lose two. I think we're going to lose two games, no matter what. And then I think we're going to lose. 
I don't think we're going to win all our Big Five games this year. I think we might lose three or four games out of conference. I think we'd lose three. I think we definitely lose Ohio State. I think we definitely lose Kansas. And then I think we lose one in the Myrtle Beach tournament. I don't know who it's to. I don't know if it's actually to Baylor, because that's predicated on them making the championship and us making the championship, neither of which may happen. So I think we we end up losing one in that tournament. So I think we have we end up at eight and three going into Big East play. Okay. In which case the fan base is freaking out because we have three losses. Yeah, but, right. And we'll be coming to you in late December, giving you a podcast like we did uh, last year, where we said, "Hey, we have to win some games to make the tournament." Here's a question for you personally: We enter Big East play. What's the record that? You're kind of freaked out about. Well, I actually start to panic. Yeah. We have 11 games. 11 games. Um, I would say seven and f- no, I'm seven and four, six and five. I think we have, and there's too many layups to to go six and five. So I guess I would absolutely be in panic at six and five. Six and five is the record that if we end up going to Biggie's play at six and five, I'm saying, yeah, well, well, then I'm you're, saying, oh shit. Then when you're, you're saying, you're saying, okay, this season is about, about, okay, what do we got to do in the Big East to make the NIT? Six and five would not be a good look. Right. So yeah, anyway, okay. But I think, I think seven and four is where it teeters on that edge. As a fan base, if we're eight and three or better, like, be happy. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Assuming the losses are actually no. Period. If we're eight and three or better, that's great. Be happy because Ohio State is going to be tough. Like coached by Chris Holtman, obviously a great coach who has coached against Jay Wright and against Villanova and has done so successfully. Absolutely, great track record. Bill Self at Kansas, we've had his number, but he's a Hall of Fame coach. If there's a weird, the if there's a weird random game that I kind of think that we could end up winning is that Kansas game, and that, that could change a lot of the season. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, that that would give the guys such a high coming into yeah. into the Big East play. I think it's funny because we're usually like homers, optimistic, yeah. etc. And I don't think we're not being homers, but tone, tonally, I think people might be like, why is the full 40 so pessimistic? Yeah. I, I don't think we're being pessimistic. I think we're just like – I really think that we're optimistic about this team's chances. I just think that we're starting from a lower expectation point. Yeah. It's it's just um, – I think it's just going to take a little bit for this team to gel and to uh, figure out the role. I don't see how it doesn't. It I, yeah. I think that's – If you're expecting a championship caliber team, I just don't understand. I just don't follow what your belief is, what you're banking on to get yeah. there. Yeah. I think that's right. The one thing I will bank on, two things I will bank on this season, which I want to hit on. One, our jerseys are going to be fire all season. You love the jerseys. All about I the jerseys. I like the jerseys. I'm not to be blown away. to be I clear. I love the blue jerseys. The blue jerseys are yeah. unreal. Yeah. They leaned in to that baby blue, got the the more accented shorts. I love it. And they're moving towards more of the retro look. I do wish they would just fully embrace the retro. But it's a step in the right direction. I think I'm going to have to go out and buy a new jersey this year. Interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. And you know, if you buy a number, the player can now profit off yes. the, off the Big news. The likeness. Look, I, I will say this. When I, when I talk about retro, I want to talk about two things. One, obviously we should embrace the retro that we wore in the 2018 championship. But... Because the 90s are so in, 
I want us to bring back at least for a game or two dinosaur? the '90s. The 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 yeah, it didn't quite look like a dinosaur, but I know what you're getting at. The maroon vibes. That maroon? We had. No, I'm not yes. in for maroon. Oh my gosh, yes! No. Bring back the kittles, baby. I'm not the in for maroon. The wildcat coming out. Yes. No. No. All about it. I want to go on the record here as saying fuck maroon. Maroon's oh my god. A, maroon's no. a shitty color. Bring it in. And maroon should go to hell. Bring it in. So so that's that's my first thing that I'm bullish on is our jerseys. Second thing I'm bullish on, which the Big East did not seem to be be bullish on, Sadiq Bay. What the fuck was that? So if you look, what I'm referencing is the following. Every year, the Big East does their preseason set of awards. Some things go as planned, some things don't. You know, Big East preseason poll, Villanova ranked second, just a point behind Seton Hall, which is totally fair. They've got uh, literally a uh, first-team preseason All-American in Miles Powell. They could definitely take the Big East. Possibly player of the year. Possibly player of the year. He's great. Don't get me wrong. Then you look at the first team. Yeah, a bunch of first-team guys on there. No problem. Second team, we had Colin. We got Jermaine mentioned. No problem. Okay. Honorable mention. A couple guys. I think uh, there's somebody from Xavier on there. The guy who didn't show up on any of those lists. I'm shaking my head just violently. Right yes. Now. Was Hey Bebe, Sadiq, Sadiq Bey. Doesn't make any sense at all. End of story. It, it's as if no one happened to watch last season. Wait, the best part about it. Yes, the kicker. The kicker is that, was it the Julius Irving Award? He was then in, I think it was like a week or two after, Sadiq was then nominated or was put on the Julius Irving watch list, Watch list, which is basically like the 20 best small forwards in the country. Yeah. So he's not good enough to make any Big East preseason teams. <laughs> But he's one of the best 20 small forwards in the country. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't so make any sense. There was just like a groupthink miss yeah. on Sadiq Bey. Like, absolutely asinine. He's awesome. Yeah. He's going to have a killer year. And his upside this year is leaving to go to the draft. That is his upside. That is, that is the ceiling for Sadiq Bey. He has a breakout year. He is a high-caliber athlete. If he delivers on the three-point shot, shows he has some handles, we know he has the defensive prowess, if he checks those boxes, he could leave. That's his ceiling this year. It's interesting. I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong. It's the ceiling. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's what it could be. I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's hard to imagine that actually taking place. I know. Again, that's not my prediction, but it's the ceiling for Sadiq. And that's, that's the way, that's the lens in which you should watch him, is how is he going to develop? Because if it doesn't happen this year, it's going to happen next year. Right. He does not stay for a senior year. No way. He's gone. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Sadiq Bey not playing a senior year. You certainly didn't hear, from, hear it from the Big East media, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> These like, goddamn media. Who's the Sadiq Bey guy? Oh, goodness. Calling out... Rob is saying fake news on Sadiq Bay. Fake Bey. news on Sadiq Bay. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So you want to wrap it up with a quick heart monitor, and then let's do let's do a quick heart monitor. Yeah. So yeah, if Very you have if you haven't been following this, the heart monitor gets more and more challenging every year. So when we first started this, it was called the heart monitor. 
Because we more or less had like one guy. We had like Josh Hart and then Kyle yeah. Lowry, and we yeah. didn't even pay attention to Kyle Lowry because he was like such a known entity yeah. that it was like beyond even our reach. Cunningham was still in the league at that point too, but yeah, we we're like, hey, Josh is in the league. He's a rookie. We're gonna focus on him. Now we've just got so many guys to keep track of, which. Frankly, it's fun. We talked a little bit about this last year. My wife and I now watch a ton of NBA games because you can pretty much always find some Nova guy. Yeah, there's always some Nova out. guy yeah. playing. So we have to start with the namesake of the segment, Josh Hart, who had a very, I would say, tumultuous, exciting offseason. He got traded from the Lakers to the Pelicans and leads the league in memes. He leads, I was going to say GIFs, but yes. He is, yeah. Josh Hart is like, is a meme, just in and of itself. He's got the high five, the missed high five. Yeah, thing, high five from himself. Which is the only thing, yeah. Which has, been a, which has been a staple of his. And now he's got the Harden reaction, where like Harden slammed the ball off his head. You gotta go he Hits him, him in his face. Hits him in the face. Josh is like, what is happening? Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm not doing it justice. Go look it up if you haven't seen it. So, <laughs> so Josh Hart is just living his best life in, in New Orleans. He also has a, a podcast. Um, we definitely recommend Light go check it out. Light great podcast. He's got a lot of great celebs on there. Yeah. Um, super cool. Anyway, By the way, Josh Hart, if you're listening, you're still welcome on the podcast. Absolutely, for sure. Um, so Josh is is doing all that in addition to playing a really solid role. He's definitely you know continuing to come into his own with the Pelicans. He's had a number of great games, a few double-doubles already. He's generally not starting at this point, and especially when Zion comes back, will not be starting. But he's looking very solid. He's putting up good numbers. Shooting percentage looks high, both from three and inside. Rebounding numbers are silly. He's like their leading rebounder a lot of games. Um, So things seem to be going well for Josh with the Pelicans. As a team... They're not that great, but they are missing Zion. So we'll see how things shake out. But kudos to Josh for kind of continuing that that development, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and then let's just turn quickly to the two teammates. Oh, yeah, Eric and Omari. Speaking of bad teams. Yeah, oh, God. These Warriors are so bad. They're terrible. But um, the famine of Curry and Thompson is the feast of Pascal and Spellman. Especially Pascal. Especially Pascal. Who put up 25 last night. <laughs> Unreal. I yeah. mean, look, again. In a, in a big loss because the yeah. Warriors can't win a game. I mean, they, lo- not they lost, good. They lost War- to the Hornets. The Warriors aren't good. Yeah. Okay. But, hey, any experience is good experience. And Pascal and Spellman are getting a handful of experience right now and will for the foreseeable future because they just aren't any other players on the Warriors. It's absolutely right. So, and Draymond Green, it was just announced, is going to be out for several games as well. So, <laughs> Pascal is going. Is he st- starting, right? Pascal, yes. Started last night, will be starting for the foreseeable future, and expect him to be continuing to put up big numbers at this point, yes. which is pretty cool. I mean, look, he's. Look, regardless of how bad the Warriors are, he's putting up numbers against NBA competition, which is going to lead to good things. Yes, correct. Spellman, it's going to listen, lead to a big payday for him, and all, all that he put in, deserved. Absolutely. Spellman has not been playing quite as much, but the good news is he obviously got traded to the Warriors, and just the other day the Warriors announced they're actually picking up his option for next year, which is interesting. Um, you know, He hasn't been doing a whole lot, but hey, good for him. They're picking up the option, so, so that's a plus. Hopefully he gets a little bit more playing time there with all the injuries. So... Couple good, couple good guys to, to keep an eye on. Um, 
I do want to touch on Jalen, who's just continuing where he left off last year. I'll, I'll lump him and, and Mikhail in together. Like, and, and I kind of want to lump Archie Diacono in with them, that's too. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Because the three of them have all been... Mikhail is like the one who you would expect to turn into a future potential star. Yeah. But Brunson and Archie Diacono are like killing it. Their fan bases love them. Yeah. I mean, Arch's, Arch's minutes have taken a bit of a hit this year because the Bulls brought in Kobe White. So right. he's having to deal with that. That said, he's still playing, I don't know, probably 15, minute, 15, 20 minutes a game. He's still producing there. Mikhail's numbers, Mikhail's time has been a little bit down this year. I'm not quite sure why. The Suns have actually won a few games, shockingly. He's put up decent numbers. Jalen, though, is Jalen is actually like a, a relatively core piece of the Mavericks at this point, which is really neat because the Mavericks are actually a super exciting team with uh, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, formerly yeah. of the New York Knicks. Um, and Jalen seems to be like BFFs with Luka, which is absolutely where you want to be. Jalen kind of leads their second unit and plays a lot with, uh, with Doncic, so... Things seem to be going very well there. Yeah, as as you'd expect. Like yeah. the dude is carving out the career we expected and hoped for him. Yeah. So now that we've given you a full NBA, yeah, update, and yet still haven't talked about Kyle Lowry. <laughs> oh yeah, dude happened to win championship. Yeah. Put up like thirty last night or something like that. Yeah. yeah right. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. So this is fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's good to be back. We apologize again for the long hiatus, but the season's starting Tuesday. Let's go. The Finn. Ah, oh, I say the pavilion. The pavilion. The pavilion. <laughs> and and we're back. And look, your guess is as good as mine on this year. It's gonna be an interesting one. Yeah. Bear with the team. Keep the faith. Bear with it. Keep the faith. Don't stop believing. Just just try and enjoy it. Yeah. Just try and enjoy the process of the team improving. Is that a process reference? Yikes. A little bit of process reference because Ooh. the Sixers are the best team in the NBA. I'm not a Sixers fan, but they're the best team. Okay, there you go. All right, thanks for listening. And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.